Blog Talk Radio. Welcome out there to Blog Talk Radio and Rainbow Soul. Uh, over there with Neil Blake where we started. And whoever is tuning in, wherever you are, whether you're in the chat room, whether you have dialed in to today's show, and I want to let our, our, our everybody know that it's still time to catch this show from its very beginning rather than coming in on the middle, which you can listen to it in the archives. But there's still time. You can tell your friends and your neighbors and book lovers everywhere all they have to do is dial 347-994-3490. Again, that's 347-994-3490. If you want to listen in the chat room, just pull up Denise Turney off the shelf. It should come right up in the search engine. Click on it and go right into the chat room. There are so, several ways you can listen to off the shelf, iTunes, Etc. But we're just happy to have you here with us this morning on another fabulous Saturday morning. We have an awesome guest for you today, and I'm just excited. I was telling her I have learned something from every guest we've had here on the show, and we're headed into our 12th year. Can you believe that? You are, my friends, right now. You are listening to the winning book radio show, Off the Shelf. This is the last Saturday in January, and I hope you are preparing to create a fabulous day for yourself. And I want to thank you again for tuning in uh, uh, to Off the Shelf. And as I told you earlier, we have an insightful and talented author on deck for you this morning. I started doing this a couple of weeks ago, uh, just something to leave with our listeners. I started leaving a quote, just something for you to think about, let marinate in your mind. And this, today's quote is, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. And that's from Mark Twain. And our off-the-shelf listeners, I, I have been t- saying this to you now for months, I'm asking you how good of a mystery sleuth are you. Are you one of those can figure it out, oh, who done it? And do you value relationships, friendships, relationships between family members, and we know, as we're going to discuss on today's show, a romantic relationship? You find all these in my latest book, Love Pour Over Me. It really gets to the heart of a a complicated, I must tell you, father and son relationship. A lot of readers just, they almost hate Raymond's father. He struggles with alcoholism, and he's raising him as a single parent. But Raymond, is he is very talented academically and athletically. He is a positive man. But what happens to him in his childhood, as happens to all of us, it starts to create barriers for him, and so how's he going to get around these barriers? He runs away to college, and he meets the love of his life, but is he ready to accept love because, again, of his childhood? And once he gets there, he just steps into a murder mystery. Not, I mean, literally just steps into it. And who, who is the person who is responsible for what happens regarding that murder mystery? And you can find all of this out. And love pour over me. It's available in ebook and print. If you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for it, because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. Please go out and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me, and let me know how you enjoyed Love Pour Over Me. 
And now let us go and meet today's awesome, special, off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today is Brittany Desiree. Brittany recently graduated from college, and she loves to read. They say that if you want to be a good writer, you should read a lot. And she reads a broad range of books. And her her love for books led her to start writing. Can you imagine in college? That's I have to really commend her on that because going to college is a handful enough. Through her deal with Shame Presents Publishing, she's published An Accidental Love Affair. And we are just happy to have Brittany with us on Off the Shelf Book Talk Radio this morning, and we want to find out more about her, her book, An Accidental Love Affair, and and, and more about her writing, things she's got planned for the future, and more. So welcome to Off the Shelf, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here with us. Now, I, in doing my research for today's show, and to our to our listeners, I love doing the research because I always think of intriguing questions to ask our guests, and I always find interesting things about guests when I'm doing the research. Now, doing my research, I learned that Home For You currently is Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which at this time of year a lot of people might wish they were where you are in that warm, <laughs> sunny weather. Now, to give our yeah. listeners a bit of – in Florida, even people in Georgia are like, I want to go to Florida. To, to give our listeners a bit of backstory on you, Brittany, can you tell us – where you spent your childhood and what it was like for you growing up there? Um, Actually, I didn't grow up in Florida. I came here for college, actually, a couple years ago. I grew up in San Francisco, and then my family moved to Memphis. Oh, they moved to, you said your family moved to Memphis? Atlanta. Oh, San Francisco, another warm climate and i visited <laughs> yeah. there it's gorgeous how old were how old were you when your family moved to atlanta i was 12 oh you were 12 okay so which would you yeah. how can you tell us what it was like for you do you have siblings and and how how has your childhood impacted you know you becoming a writer um i have four sisters i'm the fourth out of all five and I try and use, like, my sisters, my own, like, personal, um, you know, stories and experiences and put that in my characters because we had a interesting childhood growing up. Okay. And so you were in Atlanta until you became an adult, and then you moved to, you yeah. went to school. In, okay. How did you like Atlanta? That's where I recently relocated. <laughs> I love Atlanta. The South is way different from San Francisco, but there's, like, so much culture and so much, like, history there that it's an awesome place to grow up as well. Okay, okay. Now, you might be, Brittany, uh, the first off-the-shelf guest who penned a novel while in college. There may be other guests who did. We've had some very interesting guests on our show from other countries I mean, backgrounds, some have traveled the globe. But I I don't recall in nearly 12 years interviewing a guest who wrote a novel while they were in college. If they did, they they didn't share that during their interview. So before we talk about your book, An Accidental Love Affair, what did you Mm -hmm. major in while you were in college? And did your major influence your style of writing? 
Um, I actually majored in like web design and computer science, and it has absolutely nothing to do with my writing. But <laughs> writing has always been like a little like secret kind of passion of mine, and this year I just decided to like go for it and put out my book. Later, I, I want to try to write a, a mental note to myself when we talk about book marketing. I like to share tips that our listeners can benefit from as well during each of the off-the-shelf uh, interviews. But when you said the web design, that's something you could really use to market your books. Now, you said uh, you've, writing has always been like a, a passion of yours. Do you do, mm-hmm. Can you tell us where your love for writing came from? Um did it come? Did, was there somebody in your family who read to you a lot? Was there a writer in your family or a teacher? What do you think that passion was birthed from? Um, I was raised by my aunt, who was a principal in San Francisco for a very long time, and so education was like the number one thing in my house. And we always read, and we spent like summers at the library, and she would have us do book reports and things like that. And when you grow up with four sisters, it's kind of hard. It's, like, loud and noisy and everything. And I'm pretty much, like, a quiet person. So, you know, I would just sit and read or write, you know, just little make-believe stories and things like that just to get away from some of the noise. You know, that's interesting. I, I hear people when they are trying to encourage children to acquire a love for reading. When I read, I grew up in the projects, and when I read, I could I would read books about different countries and places I'd love to visit, and it was almost as if I wasn't where I was, that I could go someplace else in reading a story. And I've heard other guests on the show say that. So now we're going to get into... Uh, for our listeners, Brittany from San Francisco moved to Atlanta when she was 12 and went to school in Florida. She must love warm weather, but um, <laughs> we, we're going to get into how her, her, all of her past experiences and her love for books and reading led to an accidental love affair. So did you set out to make an accidental love affair a series book, or did readers press you to write a sequel to your first novel? Um, I started out as, it started out as a series. I had just wrote the first part and sent it to Shan to, like, see how people would, like, receive it. And I got, like, a good response, so I went ahead and wrote part two. Oh, so, but you always intended it to be a series book, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Why did you, as a as a new writer, you're in college, you're a new writer, why did you take that approach? Um, I started reading urban fiction. Like, when I moved down here, I met a friend, and she was, like, always telling me, you know, like, oh, you have to read this book, you have to read that book. So, you know, I have the Kindle app on my phone, and I'm just reading, reading, reading. And I'm, most of the books are series. So when I set out to write this book, I was, like, Maybe I should take that approach just to, like, get a feel for being in, like, the urban fiction world. Ah, see, already your your business mind is all already going <laughs> with your creative mind. Can you introduce off-the-shelf listeners, and I hope I'm saying the name right, uh, can you introduce our listeners to Chloe Monroe and Elijah Williams, please? 
Tell us, tell us about their personalities. Tell us about uh, Chloe and Elijah. Okay, so Chloe, she had, um, she came from a well-off family. Like they, they had money, but her and her twin sister, their parents had pretty much like left them to raise themselves at a certain point. Like their parents' marriage didn't work out, so the mother ran off to marry another man. And they pretty much grew up and, you know, raised themselves together. So they had, like, a really close bond. And Elijah, he grew up in New York City, and he grew up poor. And his mother was addicted to drugs. And him and his best friend started selling drugs as a way to get themselves to a better position in life. You you know that that well I, it makes sense with Elijah. You said his mother was involved in drugs, but you would think that do you do you in the book show the pain that Elijah uh, went through as a kid watching his mother uh, use drugs, so that, that that it can create conflict for not only Elijah but the reader wondering. You would think he would want to avoid this. If he saw his mother suffer from it, or if he suffered, do you do you touch on that in an accidental love affair? Um. Yeah. Elijah finds out he has a son of his own after um the child's already a couple years old, and you get to see like he growing up feeling like you don't have your parents' love. He never wants his son to experience mm-hmm. that. So you kind of get a feel for like his childhood and how like. There he wants to be for his son. Okay. Uh, but he grew up his entire childhood with his mother. She didn't abandon him, did she? She didn't abandon him. But, you know, like when you grow up with a parent who is on drugs, like they're not necessarily, there, you know, there for you in the way that, right. you know. You would need them to be. Now, Chloe, is she, yeah. she's she's completely opposite from Elijah and if you did, please forgive me, but can you tell me the city and city and state Elijah was raised in and Chloe, so I can see if they're raised, our listeners can see if they were raised in the same town. And was Chloe, is she like completely opposite Elijah? Was she sheltered? Chloe was very sheltered. She, um, she's, she's much like myself. We're just quiet book people. We went to college, you know, and we're very sheltered from a lot of things. And she grew up in Atlanta, which is where I went to high school. And then Elijah, he lived in New York, and he grew up in New York City and Brooklyn, and then he came to Atlanta when he was an adult. Okay, okay. Well, so I the book you. is set in Atlanta. Yeah. Ah, set in Atlanta. Okay, now this for can make good sense to her. This is where I'm gonna ask this question. So why does Chloe? She's she's very her childhood is nothing like Elijah's. Why does she fall for him? She seems focused and not like she'd be drawn to a guy who's playing the field. Why? What, what, what's the attraction for, for to, that Chloe has for Elijah? Elijah is very confident. He has like. Uh, just like this energy about him. He's real confident. He's real sure about himself, and she likes that about him. But, of course, like you said, he is playing the field a little bit, so she's cautious. Like, 
is this something she should get into. But their attraction to each other, it just keeps pulling them back together. And where do they where do they meet? They're both in Atlanta. They're, are they is he in college? Is she in college? Do they meet at a party? Can you tell our listeners how they how do they pass crossed in an accidental love affair? Atlanta has like a big club scene, so they're out just one night. It's her like a month before her senior graduation, and they're at a club, and they just happen to cross paths and. They don't immediately connect, but a while later they bump into each other again, and that's where it all starts at like a restaurant. Ah, so it, it an accident. Okay, it's starting to come together. <laughs> now, does Chloe? How old is she, and how old is Elijah when they meet? And does Chloe have a history, Brittany, of being attracted to or picking the wrong guy? Um, Chloe is only 21 years old, and this is her first relationship. So it's kind of, she's kind of learning. Elijah, even though he's older, he's 28, he's still kind Ah. of learning because this is like the first relationship he can see a future in for himself. Okay. Hmm. Does she have a history of being attracted to either guy who's not really available because everybody has love in them. Everybody. You're not going to meet a person that doesn't have love in them and and very loving qualities. And this is something that I had to learn. Uh, So everybody has that. Everybody. But some people just aren't ready to uh, enter a healthy relationship. They need to do work on themselves. Some of us don't do the work, so we never get there. And some of us people do do the work. Um, but does she have a history of picking men who aren't, at the time she's attracted to to them, they're just not ready to have a healthy relationship? You, you said it's her her first her first serious relationship, but she, she may have been attracted to other guys before. Does she have a history of being attracted to men who they really they're really not ready? Um, no, for the most part, like because. You know, when you have a sister, there's, like, different personalities, and her sister is more the outgoing, grab a guy, date a guy, break up, you know, and she's seen that. And so it's actually stopped her from putting herself out there and going for guys. She's just kind of stuck to herself until this, like, the moment the book starts. And you get to kind of see her, like, grow. So Elijah helps her to sort of blossom in a way, it sounds like. Now, do do Chloe and Elijah, do they keep secrets from each other? Now, you said he finds out later he's got a son he didn't know. Uh, do Chloe and do they hide secrets from each other? For example, does he tell her he has a son? And if they do hide secrets from each other, do any of those secrets come back to haunt them later in their relationship? Um, actually, he was very upfront when he found out that he um, he had the son, and she chose to like still go and see, you know, where this relationship could lead. And I don't think there's any major secrets between them that come out. I think they're pretty much open with each other. Okay, okay. Well, there's got there's going to be conflict in an accidental love affair. We know somewhere. Because that's what keeps yeah. the reader on on the edge of their seat. Now, are Chloe and her sister Kai are they close? 
How are she, what's her are, and her sister's relationship? Oh, they are close. They're very okay. close because they're, they're twins, and they actually live together, you know. For the most part, their parent, their mother, at least, pop it in and out. The conflict comes that these two, like, their dad just uh, kind of abandoned them when they were 12 years old. So they don't really know much about him. And when he does come back into their lives, it's, you know, secrets from his past that are affecting them right now. Okay, so Chloe and her sister, they're close. They're close. Uh, do they live in Atlanta, just the two of them, or you, their father's out of the picture right now? And yeah. Are they, is, is their mother in Atlanta or just the two of them? They both just picked up and moved to Atlanta <laughs> by themselves, or do they have other family? No, they grew up in Atlanta. They grew up in Atlanta, and their well, their parents raised them there until, you know, their father left and their mother when they got to a certain age, 18, their mother just kind of picked up and did her own thing as well. So they they grew up in Atlanta. and Wow, at 18, their mother leaves in. They're still young. <laughs> they're very wow. young. So they're very close because they need each other, you know. Other than, I, you know, paying their bills, their parents are pretty much not in their life. Wow. At 18, are they still in high school when they're... Now, that is very intriguing with this story. At 18 years old, you've got these two twin sisters that are literally footing a bill and taking care of themselves. Are they still in high school when their mother says, hey, I'm gone? Um, it's more like right after high school, she's just like, um, she's married to someone else, and she just picks up and goes. So they're kind of wow. like having to grow up immediately on their own. Okay. That that is a little <laughs> okay. So so what what are um oh let me ask you this before I go on. So Chloe's mother at eighteen she gets married. She says I'm leaving. And does she leave the city of Atlanta? Yes, she's like wow. not in the pic. There it's just those two spending for themselves right now. <laughs> Do does did they have a job before she left, or they had to scramble and find work when their mother said I'm leaving? No, their their parents pay the bills for them, so they're fortunate. Oh, okay. She just laughed, but their parents have money. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. That, that makes. Is Elijah close to his family? As we get further into the book and the character, so people can see the conflict, is Elijah close to his his family, or no? Are they distant? He's distance himself. All he knew was his mother growing up. So him and his best friend, they just worked hard to get out of their situation. Okay. So his family is mostly just his friend. Yeah. Okay. Can you describe uh, a, a, both of their parents a little bit? Chloe and Kai's parents, they have money. How did they get their money? Does the father own his own business uh, so that they can you know, that you can tell your daughters, here, here's some money, I'll pay for your rent and your food and everything. They've got that much money, and then they go off and live someplace else. So can you describe their parents, their personalities, and how did their, how did their parents uh, come into the money that they have? So their father, he was a FBI agent, and he was undercover as a drug dealer um, before they were born. And ah. 
he made a little money, and when things got too hot, he had to leave. He had to just suddenly leave. Um, and their mother, she was very heartbroken that he just up and left, and she had got some misinformation as to why he had to leave. So she, you know, was feeling heartbroken, and she took comfort in other men instead of just focusing on raising the girls. Before that, was she like a doting mother? Before Absolutely. Her she was in. She was in love. She loved her girl. She she was a good mother. Okay, is Darren Price Brittany? And to our off the shelf listeners, we are interviewing Brittany Desiree, and she is the author of an accidental love affair. I have to ask her before we go on. Do you have a website, Brittany? When I was doing my research. I was looking for if you have a website, could you give our listeners the URL to your website? I always like to let our listeners, if they want to, to go to the website, read the excerpts, learn more about the guest as they're listening to the show. If you don't, that's fine. But if you do have a website, could you share the URL with us, please? Um, I do have a website, but it's under construction right now, and it'll be up and running very soon. But mostly I'm on Facebook, and you can get, like, Anything you need from me through Facebook. Any questions, any answers, any links to my books or anything like that through Facebook. What, what will the website URL be if you have it for when it's when it's live? So if somebody says they'll wait a month or two to to check it out. Do you have at least a URL now? Yeah, it's BrittanyDesiree.com. So that's okay. right, the so dot com. Yeah. You kept. She kept it. Short and that's B R I T T A N Y D E S I R E E a pretty name dot com Brittany Desiree dot com currently under construction off the shelf listeners, but once it goes live you'll have the link Brittany Desiree dot com again B R I T T A N Y D E D E S I R E E Brittany Desiree dot com. So we're interviewing Brittany today. She's the author of an accidental love affair, and she wrote this book when she was attending college in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, San Francisco native, but she also grew up in Atlanta. And this is where an accidental love affair, to our listeners, is set. It's in Atlanta, and two of the main characters, Chloe Monroe and Elijah Williams. Elijah is from New York, and Chloe and her twin sister, Grew uh, Kai or twin sister Kai. They grew up in Atlanta. Now I was getting ready to ask Brittany uh, this question: uh, Is Darren Price is Darren someone from Kai's past, and what's he doing when he enters the story? Okay, so Darren is Elijah's best friend, and um, they moved to Atlanta together. Um, Kai is actually in a different relationship when she meets Darren. And Darren is more what she needs, and the relationship she has right now is kind of like her, like, trying to get the family life that she thought she needed. You know, her current relationship is just kind of up and down, back and forth, and Darren is more stable, a more, like, stable situation. But he and he and Elijah, they're, they're dealing drugs, right? They are. And okay, and and then and then Chloe and Kai's father used to be a FBI. See, when you the questions help the readers to see, oh, you start to see how the web is 
tangled and yeah. you you want to go get an accidental love affair to figure out just how everything unravels. Okay, so yeah. he's still doing the drugs when Darren and Kai meet. Uh, is she attracted to him? Is he attracted to her? Or is this type of a thing where they don't hardly really notice or pay attention to each other when they meet? Um, when they meet, they're both going through some some things. So it's not an initial, like, relationship. They don't just, boom, jump into it with each other. She's going through something with her current boyfriend, and he's, he's got children of his own and their mother. They have a different kind of relationship. Okay, and so Kai doesn't have children. How many kids does Darren have? He has twins, one boy and one girl. Okay, okay. Oh, and I wanted to ask you, so Kai is 21, she and Chloe are twins. How old is Darren? We know Elijah's 28. How old is Darren? He is also 28. They grew up together, best friends from the beginning. Okay. So what 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 are Chloe, Kai, Elijah, and Darren, what are they doing at the start of the second book in the series? So um, it's kind of, and then in the second book, it's kind of where all the action happens. Um, their father, he pops back into their life due to, like, some crazy circumstances. And they're kind of learning the secrets from their father's past. And their mother also comes, and, and they're finding some secrets about her as well. So the second book is kind of, up and like it's kind of up and down. There's a lot of drama happening in the second book with them, and at this point, um, Chloe and Elijah are trying to get like get their relationship back on track and get it back together. And Kai and Darren have they're together, but there's some outside things happening that are like affecting their relationship. Chloe and Kai, their father was worked in the FBI. Um, I just I don't know why I find it strange that they would both be attracted to guys who are dealing in drugs, and like it's just a regular job. That's not a regular job. That's not a it regular. absolutely is not a regular job, and is um, it's more that they didn't have they don't feel like they had their father or any of it. They feel more abandoned, so. You know, it's it's like a struggle. They're trying to, like, figure it out, and these are the guys they chose. Their jobs aren't regular, but um, I don't know how to explain. Yeah, no, people do art. <laughs> people have attractions to people. I was watching Dr. Phil, yeah. and you look at people in the relationships, and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I almost want to say to somebody, <laughs> what are you doing? How 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 many years? Well, you said their father went to prison, right? How many years was he in prison? Oh no, their father didn't go to prison. He was working undercover uh, with a um with some with a, another drug dealer, and he had like it got too hot, so the agents. Oh, I understand. So he had to leave. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Okay, okay. Can you tell us who some of the other major and minor characters, this story as I'm listening to you talk about an accidental accidental love affair, it looks like it could just, 
you could focus on several different things and hold a reader's interest. You could either focus on the father, and I've, I, we had somebody on who wrote a, a series, a book series that went maybe seven books or more, and they focused on a different character in each book in the series. So one time maybe the father, one time focusing on the mother, and then at the end pulling it all together. There's enough going on in each of their lives. It's almost like you could do that. But um, who are some of the other, could you introduce us to some of the other major and minor characters who show up in the second book? And what are what are these characters like? Okay. Um, there, The twin's father, he comes back, of course, and then um, Darren finds out that he, like, she also grew up in the same situation, similar to Elijah, where their mother was. Their both of their mothers were like on drugs and not really like very loving or nurturing. And there was a guy who kind of took them under their wing. And in the second book, she finds out that that guy is potentially his father. And wow. it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a broken trust with him. At the moment, so he's kind of trying to, you know, pull his life, but you know, pull everything he thought he knew together, you know. Okay. And he also finds out he has a little brother, and um, and you know, there's just all these things that keep happening. You know, it's coming at them really fast, and they're trying to like piece their lives back together, you know. Does do all the characters that appear in the second book in an accidental love affair? Are all of these characters are they introduced to the readers in the first book? I know you, some people come back into this, uh, people's lives in the second book, but are there brand new characters who aren't in the first book that you introduce to readers in the second book in the series? Other other than the parents, no, they're they're. Not too many characters because there's so much going on. I just focused on just the main characters, and then they have like a small circle around them, but not too many characters. Do you? I have to ask you this, Brittany. Do you know people who've gone through this? Like, especially when you said Chloe and Kai. I know their parents have money, so that makes sense. I thought that girls had to get out there and really hustle to, to pay their own rent, but. Do you know people who've gone through similar things at that age, the 21 to 28 I can get, uh, that that take place in an accidental love affair? Um, I, I know people who not grown up, like, abandoned by their parents in a sense, but um, feel like they were loved by their parents just out of obligation. And when they turned 18, it was just kind of like, you're on your own, you know, and you have to grow up fast and figure out life pretty quickly, you know. And you find out, you know, like, as an adult, you realize, you know, what your parents have gone through, and maybe they had, like, similar experiences, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which is what it sounds like is going to happen in an accidental love affair as the, as the adult children get to learn more about their parents' past. Whose perspective or whose dominant perspective? This I know a part of writing, they always tell you, are you going to write in first, second, or third person? 
first person more limiting because they can you can only tell the story through one character's eyes in first person. Third person you can tell it through multiple characters' eyes. Uh, but whose perspective dominantly would you say that the story in both books is told from? Is it Chloe? Is it Kai? Is it Elijah? Who, who's who's the character that you chose to tell the story through the most? The story's written in third person, so you get, in the first book, it's kind of, I'm giving you, like, into each person, but from third person, though. So it's, you know, me telling the story of the characters. And then in the second book, we focus mostly on, like, the parents' past. So it's still third person. Oh, but, the, okay, the first book's more on the children, and then the second book yeah. there's a, more, a greater focus on the parents. Why did you choose to... Uh, Tell the story that way. The first book more focusing on the children, and through do 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 all of those four characters get almost a balanced focus. Chloe, we see the story told through her eyes, and Kai and Elijah and Darren. Uh, one thing I do, I have seen writers do, and this can get when a story gets confusing. They'll they'll start telling it from one character's point of view. Two three paragraphs later, they switch. And are telling it from a different characters, and then, and sometimes it's, it can be confusing knowing, okay, who, who's, who's, whose vision are we looking through right now? But um, why did you try, Why did you decide to to, um, to tell it the first book through the children, and the second through the parents? Is that something that just happened as you wrote the book, or did you plan to do that all along? Um. I'm mostly free write, so when I sit down, I just kind of write wherever my mind takes me. I kind of just put it out there. The first book, I focused on the children because I wanted to show more, like, the 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 outcome of, like, their like how their, what their parents' past have, you know, led their lives to be like. And then in the second book, I kind of went back and gave more, like, more into the parent story because, you know, people needed to see how we all ended up here, you know, like why are we here right now, the point of the story. And do we learn more about Elijah and Darren's parents as well or just Chloe and Kai? Um, We learn a lot about Darren's father, but both their mothers are kind of like off. They're not mentioning the story that much. Okay. Why? Who do readers tell you, Brittany, when you hear from readers? You said when you wrote the first book, you sent it off, and you got good feedback, and that's when you decided to move forward with a series book. You know, I had grown up going to college. You had a friend who liked to read urban books, and she would tell you, you got to read this book, and they were often series books. So readers gave you feedback, and they gave you good feedback, so you decided to green light it and move forward. Who do readers tell you, Brittany, that they like best in an accidental love affair. Who who do they tell you is their absolute favorite character? I get a lot of feedback on Kai because in the beginning of the story, she's in a relationship with somebody who's in another relationship. And he's kind of like, you know, playing with her heart a little bit. And when she meets Darren, she kind of 
you know, pulls, she breaks up with that old relationship, but she's kind of struggling between, like, do I go on to something new or do I, you know, hang on to this because it's familiar, it's what I know, you know? And I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know? You, you've been in a relationship where, you know, it's not perfect, it's not even right for you, but should I hold on to it because of a history we have or do I move on to something Wow. You know what? I always, I for some reason when I was doing the research and early in this interview, I thought Chloe was the like the main main character and she would be the one that people would magnetize or be drawn toward. That's interesting. So Kai must get an equal amount of uh time in an accidental love affair. Now that's I try it. So, to do an equal time with everyone. Okay. So Kai is the one that people tell you, and maybe like you say, because they've experienced the struggle with letting go of a, of a relationship that's no longer working, and so maybe they identify with her. But who do readers tell you that they absolutely don't like and that they root against in the story? Um, the the twins' mother, I think she she's kind of, you know, every book has that one character who's just like, annoying and her she keeps and she's the antagonist she has all these plots and plans and she's kind of scheming behind even her daughter's back and people just don't like her they have a distaste for her wow so she 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 was a doting mother her husband has to leave because he's an fbi undercover things are getting too hot for him on a case case he's on which i i can understand and maybe he left because he was also trying to protect his family. So he leaves. But she gets a different reason for why he left. But he leaves and she suddenly just changes. It makes you wonder she if she ever really cold. was that that doting mother, that she would let that experience change her so much. But you said she's not in the first book that much. She's in it in the second no. book, right? Yeah. And in the second book, you kind of get, you know, a why she changed so drastically. And maybe, like you said, she wasn't all she seemed to be from the beginning. Ah. Wow. Can you tell us what parts of Atlanta do scenes in the stories happen in? And do, does all of the books say, take place in Atlanta? Or does any of it happen in New York or any other city? And what what parts of Atlanta are they in what's Lithonia? Are they in Marietta? Are they in Midtown? Where, where do most of the stories um, in the book in Atlanta take place in? Um, when I first finished high school, I had moved to Atlantic Station. So right in the middle of Atlanta is where most of the story takes place. And um, it kind of expands. You know, there's scenes in on the east side of Atlanta, in, like, DeKalb County, there's a couple scenes that take place, and I believe there's a couple scenes in New York as well. Okay. Okay, so for people who are from Atlanta, and when you read a book that you're from the area, you can you can feel more connected to the story because you're like, oh, I know where that is. What, what, did, what did readers say about the first book? And an accidental love affair. What did you? What's, what's some of the feedback you got from readers when you published the first book? The first book was mostly um, 
the feedback they were ready. You know, it was kind of like a setup for the second book, so they were mostly interested in seeing how everything would come out. And then when the second book came out, it was like there were so many twists and so many unexpected things that happened that, you know, everyone had so many questions. Everyone was so excited, and it was good feedback. Okay. So so the, you did you leave – the, the, is the, does the first book leave readers with a cliffhanger where they just have to read the second book? And does the second book leave on a cliffhanger as well where you're like, i got to get the next one? Um, the first book leaves at a big cliffhanger, and the second book is definitely setting up for the third book. Uh, okay, okay. And the third book is the finale of this series, though. Oh, so when did you start on the first book? How long did it take you to finish it? And how much how much time passed after you finished the first book before you started on the second book? Um I started the first book last year in the summer and wow. it came out in October. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, it came yeah. out in October of 2014? 2015. And oh my goodness! Okay, Brittany. So that's when the first book came out. Okay. Yeah, and the second book came out in December. So it happened really fast. This story. It did. <laughs> it did. So, and you said you freeform write, so you don't use like an outline or character sketch. So you just sit down, and then it just starts coming to you that fast. Yeah, um, I use the outline, but I usually don't stick to it. When you're, like, writing and the scenes are unfolding in my head, it kind of mm-hmm. takes on a different life. And so the third book, uh, are you currently still working on it? Because the second book came out in December, and it's just we're in the end of January. But are, <laughs> did you, are you already working on the third book? The third book the will be out in a couple weeks. It's oh, already goodness. done. So you <laughs> So you and, and let me ask you this. So the, this is the last book in the series. You're wrapping everything up. Mm-hmm. Do are you do you are you already planning to start another book and will that be a series? Um I I have started. I have like so many ideas and um I have a ton of other books that I've like started or you know gone back to that I might have wrote in the past and like want to rework a little bit. So Definitely, there's going to be more. So let me ask you this, Brittany. Uh, this is, we we are to our listeners. This is Brittany Desiree. She started writing novels when she was in college, and uh, being in college is for, for many just a challenge, a handful enough. When how old were you when you first started writing? Whether it was a poem, a song, or a novel, how old were you? Because you are really ch- churning these novels out. How old were you when you started <laughs> writing? I was in high school, maybe, like, 16, and I used to always have, like, a notebook with me. And I just used to, like, make up my own stories. And they were really short, and I never shared them with anybody. But just, like, a notebook, like, you know, when you're 16, you imagine how your life is going to be when you're older or what an adult life is. And I just used to write little stories for myself. Okay. 
How did you land for for off the shelf listeners who are listening to you, especially somebody who's in high school? I know I started writing when I was very very young, and a lot of our guests do. Uh, it might be in high school or college, um, and they might want to do what you did, and they might they just may need some tips or some guidance. So, can you tell us how did you land your deal with Shane Presents? How did you land your book um, deal? The um, through Facebook and um, read like you know I had a friend who introduced me into the book and. You follow these other authors on Facebook, and you kind of get into the whole like world of being an author. You know that you know how they became an author. It's like networking is like the biggest thing. And my publisher, Shan, she's awesome. Um, I actually reached out to her. They um advertised. Oh, if you have a book, send it in. And she read it. And she got back to me. And I actually researched a couple people before I just decided to sign with her. Okay, so you did your online research, and then you met, you actually, this isn't, you met her online. You said through Facebook, or is that how yeah, you Yeah, through Facebook. Okay, for our listeners, so that's something that you can do right from home. But you did your research because, uh, as a tip, not all publishers yeah. or literary agents are reputable. And one thing I would encourage any off-the-shelf listener interested in publishing their own book, and, and kudos to you for that because I think we all mm-hmm. are creative and need to express ourselves. But don't I would say steer clear of literary agents who charge a reading fee. Uh, some people are in the business just to make money, and they don't really have the Absolutely. connections that they might tell you that they have. So it was good that you did your research, and I recommend, I really recommend you talk to other authors, say, I'm, you know, I'm interested in going with this person, that person. What was your experience mm-hmm. like with them? And then you know, listen to what they say, uh, because don't don't ever be desperate. You can get a good deal, even yeah. if you have to go out and um, publish yourself. But it was good to hear you say you did your research. Are your books, Brittany? Uh, as we come down to the last ten minutes of today's interview, are your books available in print, ebook, and audio formats? What format are, are is an accidental love affair available in? Um, on Amazon, you could get it in either Kindle or paperback format, and it's mostly just through Amazon right now. I never consider so audio book. <laughs> okay, can can you tell us what's the title? An accidental love affair is a series, but what's the title of the first book and the title of the second book for people who are looking might be looking for both of your books, uh, Brittany. Um, they're both actually titled An Accidental Love Affair. The second one just says An Accidental Love Affair too, like oh, part two. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. And how did you come up with that title? <laughs> um, in the story, the characters kind of just seem to, like, bump into each other, and there's kind of, like, a spark, you know, between them. It's kind of like... You know, they didn't know each other, and it grew from a friendship. It just kind of, like, happened. And then the same for me writing the book. Like, I just sit at the computer, and it just kind of unfolds. So an accidental love affair. Ah. Now, you we talked about this briefly before. You said you just, and you said it again, you just sit down and you just write. There are some writers who swear by an outline that it, it saves mm-hmm. time. I've, I We interviewed an author. 
here who said the first novel she didn't use an outline. The second one she did, and she, it saved the time. But you are you are writing these novels so fast. Anyway, uh, would you recommend that someone do that? They do work with the outline or use character sketches, so they they make sure everything happens in order. They don't miss anything. That that a character doesn't do anything so far out of character that people are like, what? <laughs> Um, I think when you're writing, like, to me, it's like a a free, you know, I'm a free spirit type of person, so it just happens naturally. I think you have to come up with your own, like, writing process. There are people who use outlines, and their writing is amazing, and it works for them, and they would freak out if they didn't have that outline. And I just like for things to flow naturally. Like, if I get to a point where it's not making sense or it's not mashing up, I just stop writing. And I'll go do something, take a break, and come back when the words are flowing again. Well, also you trust your you trust your instincts. You trust your. It's almost like you know. I, I was listening on YouTube, uh, Walter Mosley, to an interview, which what you just said kind of triggered that memory for me. But he said most writing is unconscious, and he said a lot of writers don't realize that. And he said that's the reason that you don't want to write. And then stop writing for weeks or months and then come back to it. He said to get better and better. You, I hear so many writers say that because it is so, the work is so unconscious. And you seem to, mm-hmm. uh, whether you know that or not, you seem to be listening to those unconscious prompts. When it's like something in the unconscious is like, okay, I've done enough today. You just get up and go do something else, which is good, I think. But he was saying that write something every day because I guess that strengthens that. Uh, I don't know, that creative muscle unconsciously and people. But it was interesting when you said that when you just, it's just not flowing anymore, you're like, you just get up and go do something else and then um, come back to it. Speaking about uh, some writers, like you said, do outlines and they write great work, who are some of your favorite writers and who are some writers who you would say you admire and who influence your writing style? Um, growing up, I did read Walter Mosley. My aunt, she's a big book person as well, and I used to get books off her shelf, and she had, you know, Walter Mosley and some, she had a lot of everything, actually. Some mystery, I don't, like, for some reason, this author's name is, like, not popping in my head, and... <laughs> Now I mostly read, <laughs> like, I don't know what, it just, like, my mind went blank for a minute. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, right now, some of the authors I work with, you know, our books do come out really fast. And, you know, urban fiction people are like, oh, you know, drug dealers, you know, bad relationships, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not a real writing or real, you know, literature, things like that. Mm-hmm. But... A couple of the girls I write with, they are doing one of them, you know, like, I just admire, she has a family. She's really young. All these people are really young, like, in their early 20s, and she has children and everything, and she still comes out with these books, and she's making amazing money, and her stories are like, like, you're fiending for the next one. and Okay. Okay. Yeah. There is a bird pecking on my window right now. I wanted to ask you, uh, we only have five minutes left. I have to ask you this. Has publishing a book, has it met 
has it met with your dreams and expectations? So before you publish, you're like dreaming about what it would be like. Has the experience of actually publishing a book, has it matched your dreams of what you thought it would be like before you actually did it? Before I actually published a book, like writing was just something I did for fun or the pastime. And, you know, I went to college and I got a job and then I lost my job. And I was just like, what do I do now? So publishing has definitely met my expectations. I realize now after the fact that I'm very fortunate to have a good publisher. And I think the most important thing is, like, researching and not signing, like, a contract that you're unsure of or anything like that. Like, make sure you read it and make sure it's legitimate. And don't be scared to ask questions because I ask a ton of questions of everyone around me. Good for you. Where can uh, off-the-shelf listeners get copies of An Accidental Love Affair? The first the first uh, book in a series, of course, is out. came out October 2015 to our listeners. The second book in a series came out December 2015, and the third book is getting ready to drop in a few weeks. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies, Brittany, of An Accidental Love Affair? Um, you just go to Amazon.com, type in An Accidental Love Affair, and it'll come right up. Okay. Do you have any upcoming uh, speaking engagements, uh, any book club events? Are you appearing at any writers' events where you'll be selling and signing your books where our listeners could actually meet you and get an autographed copy of An Accidental Love Affair? have anything coming up right now, but I'm open to all opportunities. So, like I said, reach out to me through Facebook. You can find my author page, and I also have my personal page, which is listed under Brittany Mitchell. And just reach out to me at any time. I'm always up. I'm always writing. I'm always available. Okay. Before we close, with we got two two minutes left. I wanted to ask you what last words of encouragement or advice would you like to leave with off-the-shelf listeners and readers today? I think that, you know, like sometimes you let, you know, your fear of, like, going out and just, like, going out on a limb, like, you know, writing is not what I was initially, you know, setting out to do, but it's, like, panned out for me. And I feel like if a lot of people, like, trust their gut, and it might not seem like, you know, it's hard work, But, you know, you work through it and, you know, your dream or your new dream might really come for it. So if you just follow your heart, follow your gut, I don't think it will lead you wrong. Well, thank you for that advice and words of encouragement, Brittany. I'm telling you, we're talking to, they say millennials, we're talking to a college student, Brittany Desiree. She has authored An Accidental Love Affair, her website, We'll be out shortly, and it's BrittanyDesiree.com. I, I encourage you to bookmark it now so when it's up, you can go over there and read her book apps, excerpts and keep up with what she's doing. And that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-D-E-S-I-R-E-E.com. And she t- talked to us about Chloe and Kai and Darren and Elijah. So we, 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 we've learned about several of the characters and their parents and an accidental love affair. We want to thank Brittany for being here with us today and encourage you to support her and her works. And kudos to her for going after her dream while she was in college. Uh, she could have let losing a job stop her, but she 
let it be an open door into something new that has really uh, paid off for her. So I'm happy for her. As I always tell you, our listeners, want to thank you for tuning in here this Saturday. Come back next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. We will bring you another phenomenal guest. And all of our guests always share such valuable advice. We have guests on from all over the world, different different walks of life. The one thing in common is books. So, uh, so tell everybody, tune in and off the shelf, Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. And remember, tell yourself the truth. You're awesome. You are amazing. You are incredible. See you next Saturday. Brittany, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now.